Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metalweave Games supplement Baby Beastry. Finn is the trainer of Cerulius, a blue guard drake. Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. As the hours pass, and as the day winds to a close, everybody returns to the ship. Finnegan and Asturias from their hunting outing. Others who have gone out just for air, stretch their legs, etc. The day comes to an end. One is filling up the balloon with hot air. It's not the prettiest repair job, but it will be functional. Although the ship could take off whenever we please now. It's been decided that a good night's rest is best before we take off and head north. As morning comes, such as it is, Astorius and Seth are both still rattled from the ordeal, from the crash. Seth, more emotionally. Astorius, a little bit more mentally. With time and with luck, that'll pass. The sky is still pitch black. The sun never rises here, of course. And Owan guides the ship up into the sky. It sways side to side a bit as it rises through the air, getting higher and higher off the ground. Asturias is keeping below decks this entire time. You can hear her claws scraping against some of the wood as she does her best to calm her nerves. Finally getting high enough into the sky, above some of the wind, Owan turns the ship north as you head towards Capris, far to the north. Traveling north in the newly repaired ship, the days and weeks pass. There isn't a whole lot to do on such a small airship. People pass the time as best they can. Card games, dice games, gossip, eating. The most exciting moment for almost everybody on the ship is when you reach daylight again. As you reach that autumn band, and sunlight appears once more. Everyone, the exception of Asturias, travels out to the deck to feel the warmth of the sun on their skin. As the air changes, the ship does have to deal with some turbulence, but Owan is able to handle it. And the journey north continues, until eventually Capris is in sight, still far off in the distance. 
but you'll reach it soon enough. Everyone is excited to get out, stretch their legs, be on solid ground again, have a chance at some different food again. The reindeer was a nice change of pace, but as time went on, it too grew repetitive. And most exciting of all, awaiting in Capris, new faces. For some, this will be their first trip to Capris. For others, this will be a return. Felicity has certainly spent a lot of time here, as have Sam. One's visited before, but only briefly. Darwin and Aranis, you have both spent a good deal of time here in Capris. Working, making friends, growing bonds. And before you can get to Capris proper, Ulwan brings the ship down in a meadow just a few miles out of town. A short enough walk, but far enough away that your arrival shouldn't draw any attention. Ulwan sets the ship down smoothly. Everyone exits the ship, happy to be on solid ground again. Asturias and Chase immediately take to the woods to stretch their legs and do a bit of hunting on their own. But everybody else is excited to be in a city again, small as it is. But it is going to be a wonderful change of pace. And aside from figuring out who is going to stay with the ship, when everybody is eager to get into Capris. Ulwan's wary of leaving the ship entirely unguarded. So he's volunteered to stay behind. But if anybody wishes to stay with him, they may. Ulwan is happy to stay with the ship for now. He does want to get into Capris, of course, but he will wait his turn. But your friends are all eager to get into Capris. So, let's go. Heading into Capris. The city has changed somewhat since last you were here. The ocean branch overhead runs in a cleaner line than it used to. The dock, still dry, of course. The decorations surrounding the driftwood house and the plants adorning it have been swapped out. Now that Alicia is firmly in charge, she is making it comfortable for herself. The biggest change in the city is the well of departure. Arnis and Darvin, you will recall escaping from there after your visit to the Grayscape and finding it a resting place for those afflicted by the withering. However, since the time you've been gone, it seems like its purpose may have been augmented. The entrance has been repainted a dark blue color and is covered in cobwebs. These spiderwebs stretch out around the entrance to the Well of Departure 30 feet. It would be impossible to approach without disturbing these webs. Further down the street in the town, there is the hotel. And of course, there is the Blue Crab Tavern home of one Cynthia Garrulous. So, what would folks like to do here in Capris? If I remember correctly, the uh, the leader of Capris has a library, right? There is most definitely a library in the Driftwood House. Has Finnegan been here? Just remind me. Maybe in passing as I was trying to like okay. find or catch up with them. Okay. But- I couldn't recall. Not enough to say, like, I know the area. Mm-hmm. The Driftwood House definitely has a library, as would be standard for any royal house in any city on Sarakar. How well-stocked it is, that's a different matter. But there's definitely a library. 
What do you want to use that library for? To research my new egg. Ah. Are you keeping that egg with you? Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it was back on the ship or not. All right. Darvin. Yes. A small town at your fingertips. What would you like to do here? Um, I don't actually have anything, so I think I'm just going to drink. <laughs> Never a bad idea. So you want to find your way over to the Blue Crab Tavern then? Yeah, I remember good times here. Nice. It'll also give you a front row seat for RNS's awkwardness. <laughs> Perfect. Wonderful. I think Felicity will join you. Nice. As will... Hmm. Well, if they're allowed, Tonk Morello and Seth will join you as well. Uh, let's see. Asturias is off hunting, wants with the ship. Sam and Carolina are just going to spend some time talking with the locals, figuring out what's going on in town, you know, eventually making their way to the hotel. But first, they want to socialize. Sam, maybe a little bit more than Carolina, but they are both... They're both comfortable in groups of people. Parlin is going to hang on Aranus for as long as they can. Does not want to leave their god's side. Ristos will get up to whatever Ristos wants to do. Mahogany's going to go find some kids in town, see if there's any good action here in terms of grifts. Aranus, what do you want to do? Avoid my problems like always. Um, no. Ships that way. <laughs> <laughs> I made a stump here. <laughs> I'm committing to my choices. Walk into the sea. It's easy. Okay. It's dry now. You can just keep walking. <laughs> I just keep going. I'm just going to walk all the way to our next destination. Fuck it. I'm not doing it. Okay. So here's what happens. Arnis makes the mistake of like lollygagging a little bit. <laughs> going slow. <laughs> Try to calm the urge to puke. And... Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> And then sees this giant crowd of people go into the exact place that he was going to go into. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, oh, fuck. The one time in my goddamn life when I was like, I really don't need an audience for anything that is happening. And it's like half the fucking party. Mm -hmm. um, Tonk's going to go in there and try to play. Yeah. He knows Cynthia. Um, yeah, I know. Well, and like, and so does Darwin, right? So like, there's <laughs> there's reason mm -hmm. for people to be going in there, right? But like, oh my god, okay. Um, okay, first things first. What's the first thing? Uh, I want to like, <laughs> how do I tell Parlin to go away without being mean? <laughs> you tell me. Do you want to lie to them? Do you want to send them on a quest? What? I don't want to do either of those things. I just want to say that, like, I I have something to do that is extremely personal and very difficult for me to do. So I'm going to need a little space to accomplish it. A little what? Space. Uh. <laughs> of course, Arnis. They drop back 20 feet. Oh. Space. Still following you as you yeah. head off whichever direction you're going. Yep. As I like approach the door, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to like do your own thing for a little while. 
Oh, can I not go in? I See, that's the thing. Like, I can't stop them from going into a like, tavern. Not to mention everybody else is in there. Like, okay, so here's... Um, you're welcome to go in. Darwin and other folks are, are in there. You'll need to hang with them, though, rather than me. Oh, there's this look of disappointment on Parlin's face. I, I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. There are some things that you can't do with me. This is one of them. One of the few. I, 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 I see. I see. As you wish. Do I feel like an asshole for wanting alone time? <laughs> you look such a dick. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> because Parlin sincerely wants to be with you and to be in your I presence. I and know. all you're saying is I need space. Like, not permanent space. Just like... I know. Like an hour I know. or something. <laughs> 98% of the time, it's fine. Okay. Inside the Blue Crab Tavern. Darvin, what are you drinking? Ale. <laughs> got some ale. Got like a pint, got a stein. How much ale are we talking about? Ooh, like a like a pint. Okay. Felicity will join you in this pint. She is using her Sky R to drink with. She's gotten much more used to it. It's no longer as much of a strain. She's able to summon that arm as she wishes. It's not necessarily super strong when it's just normal arm size. When she was using it to help the ship not crash terribly, it was much bigger and caused much more strain. But a pint, she can drink with it just fine. Cynthia is serving everybody their drinks. Darwin, you and Felicity get your ale. The kids get water, juice, milk, whatever they wish. She's not going to serve them alcohol. Tonk has set up in a corner. He's doing that thing where he pulls a chair. And he, like, sits on the back of the chair with his feet on the seat of it. And he's playing a little tune. And then the doors swing open. And Aranus enters in. And the entire bar goes quiet. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. I, I do not need that to happen, too. <laughs> Tonk continues playing. He is a bard in training. Stopping the music is not something that a good bard does. Some of your other friends will get quieter, though, because as soon as the door opens and you're standing in the doorway, Cynthia stops and she turns to you, holds the empty tray up close to her chest and sees you standing there, Aranus. Uh, welcome back, Aranus. I had hoped you'd be here when I saw your friends. It's so good to see you. Do you need a drink? Oh, dear God, yes. <laughs> Chris is losing his shit over here. At the sheer awkward. I'm trying to decide in my head right now, what's more awkward? Does she take you up to the bar and give you a drink and you have this conversation in front of everybody? Or does she, without prompting, take you back to, the, to her little <laughs> office space? to drink in private. I don't know which one is more awkward because they will both cause lots of wild speculation and gossip. <laughs> oh my God. Arnis, which one do you, or Shannon, player, which one do you want to subject Arnis to? You need to talk into the microphone. Honey. <laughs> I don't know. 
Oh, this poor man. What if I? I could just him? roll for it, or I could make a decision, or him? you can make a decision. Um, no, no, no! Don't roll for it. Somehow, a more awkward third option appears, <laughs> oh, God. and Cynthia starts singing a song she wrote for you. Oh God! Don't, don't, don't. Please, no. Um. Oh. No, okay, so here, so here's what here's what happens. This isn't High School Musical. Let's be adults. I, okay, <laughs> adults. Arnest doesn't know how to adult. Not in these situations, anyway. Um. Okay. So, um, Arnest is not gonna assume anything. Like he's not just gonna like wander to the back room. No, so he's I know. Gonna, he's gonna sit at the bar. Like, assuming that, like, the drink is happening at the bar. Okay. <laughs> as soon as you say, oh, God, yes. Or, I forget how you responded. As oh, dear God, you... yes. <laughs> I believe was it. You turn to go walk, and she turns to walk. You head right to the bar and take a seat. She walks right to the door into the storage room and turns around like, oh. As she was expecting you to follow her. Oh my God. I found the more awkward third option here. And that's where you both assume different things. Um. And, oh, fuck. Um, okay. oh. And I, she like straightens oh, herself no. up and then heads towards the bar. And then I get up. Like, oh, you wanted me to. Oh, no, you're coming back now. There's like an awkward, almost bump into each other situation at the end of the bar. So I would just take, take a seat, take a seat. Um, uh, she turns around and she's like, she pushes her hair back, wipes her face a little bit. Trying to set her face as well. Reaches up, grabs a nice bottle of old orcish ale. Big one, I hope. And she'll pour you a pint and she'll pour herself one too. And there's just a long drink in silence as the two of you stare at each other or stare at the bar and pick at your napkin and your friends are watching with some degree of, uh, what's the word? Interest. <laughs> no, when you're not trying to make it too obvious. Oh, like, uh, so yeah. Minus. Like nonchalance pretending like I'm not watching. Yeah, I like not trying to gape and gaw. Um, as your friends look on with varying degrees of politeness. Meanwhile, let's let Arna sit here and stew in the awkwardness as everybody stares. Oh, goddammit. Because <laughs> I figured we... I want to get Finnegan his answers. Finnegan. Mm-hmm. Heading towards the Driftwood house. You and Cyril together? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Cyril definitely in the harness. Uh, down to small. Mm-hmm. Very adorable. You come to the Driftwood house. There's a guard standing outside. Very perfunctory. It's a royal house. There's a guard. Good afternoon, sir. Anything we can help you with? Oh, yeah, I was hoping to look at your library. Huh. Does the vice count know you're coming? Uh, that would be a negative, sir. Hmm. Hmm. Probably gonna have to get some permission then. The Driftwood house itself is open to the public if you need to seek an audience of course however that courtesy is not extended to all the rooms at all the times 
I this sounds like a lot of work for both of us, my friend. I am but a, a humble traveler looking to learn a few things about this, about something that I've recently come into. But you know what I don't need is this, my friend. And I flip him a gold. Hmm. Uh, looks it over. What are you? Uh, what are you researching then? Something valuable? Something I can maybe help with? I, are you a scholar, friend? Ah, ooh, in the ways of combat, um, smithing theory. Sweet. So I'm really smart. And so I'm going to avoid wow. lying to this dude. I'm going to avoid lying to this dude by overwhelming him with stuff he's not going to understand. So I'm going to like use all of the biggest possible words to describe the fact that I'm looking for information about a phoenix egg in a all way right. to hopefully obfuscate the truth, but not lie to him. Let's hear some of these big words. Oh, fuck you, Scott. I don't know these <laughs> words that I need okay. right now. Uh, this is one of those the way the player, the character is smarter yeah, than the player. The, this, that's fine. <laughs> Let's roll. What do you want to roll there? Nobody's just rolling intelligence De- to see if deception? I'm smart to outsmart this dude. Do you want to roll deception with intelligence instead of charisma? Sure, that works. I'll take that. Which is a dece- which is a d20 plus five. Okay. You actually roll it and not just drop it on the table. Mm-hmm. Preferable. It's a 15. All right, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. That's a bit much. A little bit outside of my area of expertise there. Now, if any, that could be used for... Crafting new weapons or armor or things to add to it. Um, if you stumble across any fancy ore in your research, that might be handy. Um, but I tell you what, I'll have a chat with the vice count. But in the meantime, just head down this hall over here. I'll open up the door into the driftwood house, point you down the hall. You head on down that way and you'll, you'll find the library. It's pretty well organized. Most stuff's down on the lower shelves, but as long as you don't mind squatting a little bit, you should be able to find something, I think. Honestly, I'm still not 100% sure what it is you're looking for, but I'll have a chat with the Vice Count. Everything will be fine. She's not opposed to visitors anyways. She just likes to know when folks are over, you know? Oi, thank you, friend. You're a good man and a a friend of those in need. Make sure you marked off that gold that you bribed him with. Oh, I did. I did. Okay. Finnegan, you and Cyril head down the hall to the library of the Driftwood House. As this guard mentioned, most things are on lower shelves. Alicia, being an otter, wants to be able to get things without having to climb too high. But there's a wide array of subjects here. It's not a huge library. It's by no means the biggest one you've been in. It's a humble library. But there's a good spread of knowledge here. Um, Let's make a roll here for what you find. So, this could be... Investigation, nature, um, maybe history, but probably more the first two. Which one would you like to roll? I'll roll the investigation. Okay. Searching through these books. Let's see what you find. When I needed it to roll high, it rolled high. That's a 28. Okay. I mean, you always could have used, like, inspiration or something for this, but I think a 28 will get you what you need. I don't currently have an inspiration. What? That's okay. (laughs) I've been better at using it. I haven't been sitting on it as much lately. Good, 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 good. Searching through the library, you find a relatively old book 
on the nature of elementals. More specifically, lightning-based elementals. There's a huge array, different types of elementals, of course, and as such, each would have had their own volume in this collection. This library does not have the complete collection, but it does have the one on lightning elementals, which is where this lightning phoenix falls. Searching through, you do find first that the lightning phoenix, like all phoenixes, does not truly die, and instead reverts, phases back into egg form whenever its life would end. It's a protective method, basically. They don't mate very often, and this allows them to continue their life. Whenever a phoenix dies, an egg is the result. Different egg for different types of phoenixes. In this case, a lightning phoenix. There's a sketch of an egg in there, very similar to the one that you have. Dark blue, some red smudges, some blue-white lightning veins. Includes details on the egg as well, including that when you hold it, you can feel a bit of its electrical energy coursing through you. Hair stands on end. Nothing terribly noticeable. Certainly nothing painful. Static electricity, basically. And phoenix eggs, unlike, say, chicken eggs, do not simply hatch with time. They need an outside stimulus. The traditional method used by most adventurers, wizards, people studying phoenixes, is lightning magic. Any type of lightning-based magic, spell that does lightning damage, mm-hmm. can be used to hatch an egg. And the result will be a baby, a chick, a hatchling. However, there are scholars who have been braver in their attempts to hatch one of these eggs and have found different results. The problem with hatching a phoenix as a chick is that then it takes even more time to grow to its full size and its full strength. Mm. Whether this research was initially just curiosity or if this was fueled by the need for stronger and more weaponized phoenixes, it's hard to say. The line can blur sometimes, and this book does not delve into that. But there have been those very brave or perhaps very foolish adventurers and researchers who thought, well, if lightning magic will hatch them as a baby, as a chick, as a hatchling, what about other types of lightning? Now, there have certainly been those who have just tried to place an egg on a lightning rod and see what would happen. Not always successful. However, researchers and adventurers have found a way to hatch a phoenix in a more grown and stronger state, equivalent to a young lightning phoenix. And the solution to that is quite simple. And that is, if lightning magic gets you a chick, then stronger, pure lightning gets you a stronger, more powerful phoenix. So, what you find is that lightning attacks from, say, another lightning phoenix, a lightning elemental, and even those of dragons, such as the blue and the bronze dragons, if the egg is subjected to their lightning it will hatch in a more mature and stronger state. It's a more raw and more primal form of this lightning, as opposed to the imitation that the magic creates. All right. Thank you. So, you can hatch a chick whenever you want. I know you've got shocking grasp. Mm -hmm. But if you want to seek out a much more powerful creature, 
and try to hatch it that way. That's up to you. Cool. As a side note, DM's note, if you choose the latter, I will make sure one of those is in your path. Yeah, I'm likely... Well, we can talk. Yeah, yeah, we can talk. Cast about thoughts and ideas and whatnot, but cool. Mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. cool. That is very cool. Thank you. Well, yeah. If we want to go find us a dragon, which are already cool creatures, convince them to help us or, you know, just be willing to take a lightning breath shot to the face and hatch a phoenix. And also, as a side note, if you were to hatch it as a baby, as a chick, as a little hatchling, probably wouldn't be useful to you as a companion right away. Mm -hmm. You would need to nurse it into at least like toddler form. Got it. Much like any baby bird, it takes time for them to mature and be able to do things like fly or understand that their electricity affects things outside of themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else you want to do in here, Finnegan? No, I think that's good. Okay. Back in the Blue Crab Tavern. Darvin, how is your pint with Felicity going? <laughs> Tasty. Good beer. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about Aranus and Cynthia at all? Mm, nah. <laughs> we're pretending like we're not, you know, interested in that. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the weather... Anything we mm-hmm. happen to know about local politics, mm-hmm. sports teams, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> sports teams. Sports teams. <laughs> That's right. Small talk, small talk, small talk. Totally not about the big thing happening in the room. Tonk continues to play. His earlier, more lively tune has slowed down a bit into something a little more cozy. A little more set the mood. <laughs> oh, As a budding better. romance move. He's not bringing out the bass. <laughs> you know, it's not that. If he, did, if he did that, I would walk over and take his loot from him. And I would have been like, <laughs> you don't get to play anymore. <laughs> How did you tune it to a bass? <laughs> nope. I don't even want to ask the question. I'd just take it. <laughs> okay. As it is, I'm already giving him the side eye, like, seriously. <laughs> God. Harness, you and Cynthia at the bar, sharing a pint. Fine orcish ale. It's a little on the stronger side, but not overly so. After a good, long, awkward silence, Harness just goes. They're like all looking at us right now, aren't they? All of them. Everybody that came in here with me. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know about all of them. Uh, that older friend of yours is not being discreet at all, though. You see Parlin <laughs> over in the corner, just like, not even a drink in hand, just watching. <laughs> and at that, artist really does let out like a genuine laugh, like, oh, man. <laughs> just says, you know what? No, I'm, I'm an idiot. You were right. We should just, like, not talk out here. <laughs> and I'll, like, get up from my stool and start to, like, walk around the bar <laughs> to the back room. Okay. Cynthia will grab the two pint glasses. Oh, and I'll just put them back over my shoulder. Just bring the whole bottle. Well, she was going to grab the bottle, too. <laughs> okay. Just bring the whole thing. <laughs> she grabs the two pint glasses. She grabs the bottle, puts that under her arm, corks it closed again. And the two of you start walking back towards... 
the storage room and her private office. And yeah, all of the eyes are slowly tracking this movement <laughs> through the bar. Even the townsfolk, just the local townies are like, hmm, what's going on? If Arnis was a bigger dick as he went through the door, he would just like flip off the entire room. Just like a few people were staring at me. <laughs> but he's not. Before Arnis gets through that door. Darvin, are you being discreet in your watching of this or? Oh, yeah. I'm super discreet. Oh. All right. <laughs> okay. And because I was reminded of something here. One moment before Arnis can get away. Arnis, as you and Cynthia get to the door back into the storage room leading into her office, it's at that moment that Holly Faithful enters the Blue Crab and she sees the two of you heading back there. She says, Arnis, good to have you back in town. Yeah. Let me know when you're done with Cynthia back there. I could use a drink. Holly will go and take a seat at a table near where Darwin and Felicity are sitting. She'll stare. She's not even trying to be discreet. See, like, in any, like, normal day, Arnis would have, like, a thousand retorts just absolutely <laughs> at the ready. Mm -hmm. A thousand ways to tell her just to, like, fuck off and mind her own business. <laughs> but today is not that day. <laughs> mm -hmm. He just kind of looks at her for a minute and then just turns and goes. <laughs> Doesn't even answer. Just leaves. <laughs> As the door shuts behind you, Holly leans over to you, Darvin. Places a fingertip on your knee. <laughs> Wonderful to have you all back. Delightful, as always. If you ever want to catch up, a few of us are still in town. She'll get up and then go sit at the bar. Arnis, Cynthia leads you back to her private office. Tops up your glasses. So, after last time you were here, I wasn't sure if you'd be back. No, that's not right. I wasn't sure when. I was hoping soon. Or, but I'm glad you... I'm glad you're here. She takes a small drink. I feel like I should start with an apology for, like kissing you unprompted and then just like running away like a jerk um it's not a normal everyday situation for me and i didn't really know how to handle it and i think i probably did like the worst thing i possibly could have done so i'm sorry she takes a bigger drink <laughs> you you could have done worse now, it's really just a shame that we didn't have a chance to talk about that afterwards. Um, I'm almost... The good news is that you're back now. And we can finally have that chat. I hope your friends don't mind if I steal you for a while. Yes, they'll have to wait. <laughs> oh. Um, do we just want to, like, fade out on conversation? Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of this you want to have right now. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm, if Arnis had his druthers, he'd write a summary and we'd be done with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy to say Cynthia lights a couple more candles back here, tops off your drink, and the two of you spend the next few hours catching up. 
And then we can actually talk about what that meant later if you want to. That sounds fine to me. We don't need to have the whole conversation. (laughs) No, we don't. In which case, what is the mood then? Is Arnis enjoying catching up with Cynthia, despite the awkwardness? Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, and of course, like the awkwardness eases, right? The longer that they talk, mm-hmm. and they fall back into like old rhythms, right? Because they were really close at one point, mm-hmm. and so, yeah. <laughs> In which case, then, yeah, Cynthia will light a couple of candles. Top off your drinks as the two of you catch up, and that awkwardness eases and melts away, and you're able to enjoy each other's company and catch up on everything that's happened since last you spoke. Places you've been, things you've done, things she's seen, what's been happening in the town, and what all of that means for the two of you. Meanwhile, outside in the tavern, Holly has grown impatient of waiting for Cynthia, so she will place a few coins on the bar and help herself to a drink. Holly grabs a few shot glasses and a bottle of some dwarven whiskey, and she'll bring it over to Darwin's table. Set a glass down in front of Darwin, Felicity, and herself. Fill up the glasses. Sets the bottle down. (sighs) You know, as nice as it is to have you all back... It's a shame that our good friend Cynthia has been so indisposed. Though I do wonder what the two of them are up to back there. <clears throat> what do you say the three of us have a drink and we chat a little bit? I like drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Darwin. I know you do. And Miss Felicity, I know you do as well. Well then, to reunions then. She'll raise the glass. Do a quick little clink. She begins sipping on the whiskey as she begins telling you all about the recent happenings here in Capris. Tonk continues to play. The music has turned more lively now that Arnis is no longer in the room, and the conversations have picked up, and the tavern comes to life. As in the back room, Arnis and Cynthia reconnect. And with that, We'll bring this chapter to a close, but the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter 
for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend. <laughs>